What's up everyone and welcome back to the DC season here on Cinematic Reviews. As always, I'm your host Chris and this is the show about all things movies and TV. Every week, I give my thoughts and reactions to the newest releases, beloved franchises, and even upcoming projects like Marvel and Star Wars. You can support the show by giving it a rating slash review on your favorite podcast service. It helps the show out a lot and I really do appreciate all the support out there from you guys. You can also follow the show on all social media platforms. You can find all the handles on the Facebook page. Today I'll be giving my thoughts on James Gunn's take on The Suicide Squad, which stars Idris Elba, Margot Robbie, John Cena, and Joel Kinnaman returning as Rick Flagg. Before I dive into all that though, let's talk about some facts. The Suicide Squad was released on August 5th, 2021 in theaters as well as HBO Max due to the COVID-19 pandemic. It was written and directed by James Gunn, who is best known for Slither, both Guardians of the Galaxy films, Scooby-Doo, and PG Porn. The Suicide Squad grossed $168 million worldwide against a $185 million budget. This was most likely due to it releasing both on streaming as well as theaters, even though it is considered a flop, the characters will play major roles in future projects. John Cena's Peacemaker was the first to receive a spinoff series. Gunn specifically filled the Suicide Squad with obscure and unknown villains because he felt that it was more faithful to the comics. I think that was a great choice, and I'll talk about that throughout the episode today. Margot Robbie did the foot and key stunt herself. Gunn was disappointed that at one point her costume covered her face, so it wasn't obvious that she was actually performed the stunt without a double. Harley Quinn's costume was inspired by the character's costume in the hit video game, Batman Arkham City. Gunn's favorite shot in the film is when King Shark rips a man in half. King Shark was CGI'd while the man was a dummy with prosthetics. This is my favorite shot as well. It amazes me every time I watch it. Gunn considers this film as the most fun he has had making a film, Warner Brothers did not interfere with his vision and only had minor notes on it. This is how it should be. WB needs to fuck off and let the directors uh, that they hire create their vision. This should have been the case with Zack Snyder. And I'll dive into that a little bit too in the episode as well. Idris Elba was initially hired to replace Will Smith as Deadshot, but it was later decided that he would play Bloodsport instead. I like this decision because it allows Will Smith to come back to the universe. I hate it when a character is recast in a franchise, as you may know if you are a fan of the show. Sean Gunn, James Gunn's brother, plays both Calendar Man and stood in for Weasel on set since it was CGI. You probably remember Sean Gunn from the Guardians movies as uh, Yondu's right-hand guy. He was also did the stand-in for Rocket Raccoon and Groot, I believe. Practical VFX was used heavily in the film. Gunn found this a relief because the Guardians of the Galaxy films were so CGI heavy. Rick Flagg wears a yellow t-shirt just like in the comics. Gunn wanted Dave Bautista to play Peacemaker, but he turned it down to star in Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. I'm fine with this because uh, Bautista was awesome in Army of the Dead. I'm not the biggest John Cena fan, but I think he did an alright job in this. Joker partially inspired Gunn to make this film more adult-oriented. Uh, this, I think this was another great decision by Gunn. I, I hope DC leans into this more because I've always associated DC being more dark and violent. 
The film was shot entirely with IMAX certified RED cameras. This was the very first R-rated film to be shot entirely in IMAX. And lastly, Starro was the first villain that the Justice League fought in the comics. Now, let's jump into my thoughts on James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. So Gunn's take on The Suicide Squad is what DC uh, needed. I had an absolute blast watching this film, and I can't wait to watch it again. Gunn knocked this out of the park. It's unfortunate that from a financial standpoint, it was a flop. I truly believe that if COVID-19 didn't happen and this was only released in theaters, it would have been a huge success for DC and Warner Brothers. This film is so much fun to watch and freaking hilarious. Most of the jokes hit for me, which, as you know, is something I haven't really said during this season. Birds of Prey and Shazam are in the same category, except maybe Birds of Prey a little more because Shazam leans more into the family fun aspect versus the more adult-oriented tone like Birds of Prey and The Suicide Squad lean in. James Gunn is an incredible director and writer whom I absolutely love. Uh, Both Guardians of the Galaxy films are in my top 10 of the MCU, and his work on Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead was awesome. I'm excited for his third Guardians film, and I hope he gets another shot at The Suicide Squad, whether it's a movie or series. Unfortunately, I wasn't a huge fan of his Peacemaker spinoff series. I'm just not a fan of John Cena or the Peacemaker character overall. He can be a bit much at time. And honestly, I don't think Cena is a good actor. This is probably my favorite performance of his, but that's not saying much. He'll always be John Cena, the wrestler to me, not John Cena, the actor. Now, Idris Elba as Bloodsport stole the film for me. I really love Idris in this. He was badass while also being hilarious when he needed to be. I'll definitely talk about uh, him more in a Diamond in the Rough segment later on in the show, along with Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn, of course, who absolutely nails it once again as the character. This is her third time playing the character, and I hope we see her return to the DCEU very, very soon. She's one of the few highlights of this very messy universe. Warner Brothers Discovery needs to lean into fan-favorite characters like her in order to get this DC ship back on course. The rest of the squad was also awesome. We got introduced to Polka Dot Man, who was fucking hilarious. Ratcatcher 2 was incredible, and King Chart was uh, awesome as well. Sylvester Stallone voicing him was the right choice, I think. I love that um, they leaned into this childlike version of the character really, really hard in this. He was basically the Groot of the team, and it was perfect. Rounding out the group is, of course, Viola Davis returning as Amanda Waller. I really enjoyed her in Suicide Squad. Uh, I'm glad that she uh, brought the same energy to Gunn's film, even though she lost her freaking mind at the end. Uh, I love the twist of her team turning on her like she turned on her team in the Suicide Squad that David Ayer did, except she killed him in that one. Uh, In this film, her team just knocks her out with her golf club because they're not psychotic like she is. I also wanted to talk about the action sequences for a second. I absolutely love the action and the violence in this. That village scene where Bloodsport and Peacemaker have a kill-off was incredible. And like I said, that shot of King Shark ripping the man in half in the rain was so awesome. It's easily a top five shot of the DCEU for me. The Suicide Squad needs an R rating in this universe. That was one of the many reasons why 
Suicide Squad didn't work for me. I know studios are always afraid of slapping an R rating on a superhero film because it doesn't allow them to capitalize on profits. But characters like these need an R rating in order to reach their full potential. And I think Gunn achieves that in this film. The incredible action sequences wouldn't be as awesome as they would were without the freedom of an R rating. That's how I want studios to see the R rating. I want them to see it as a freedom, not a limitation. Now, I'm not saying make every DC movie rated R. What I'm saying is characters like Joker and Harley Quinn and maybe even Batman to an extent should be in R-rated projects. How awesome would it be to get a film where Joker and Harley can run wild in Gotham with the freedom of an R rating? It would be fucking awesome and violent and gory. Of course, it would still need an incredible script, and with the freedom of an R rating, it would achieve that, to be honest. And the last thing I want to mention before the break is the humor. I love the James Gunn humor in this. I can't say that for the Peacemaker series, but the humor in the Suicide Squad worked for me. I mean, the running gag about Polkadot Man's mom was so funny. And Bloodsport making fun of how ridiculous Peacemaker was, was great to me every time. Even Rick Flagg was funny at times. Kinnaman definitely let loose in this one, and I love that. Because I didn't really care for him in uh, Suicide Squad. I hate that he was killed off, because I wanted this version of the character in more future DC projects. Right off the bat, we get... uh, some hilarious moments between Team One and the helicopter ride to the first mission. Pete Davidson freaking freaking out over Weasel surprisingly cracked me up because I, I like John Cena. I'm not a huge Pete Davidson fan, but that scene worked. The little screen time that he had, I I thought he was pretty hilarious. Uh, let's take a quick break before diving in today's segment. Hey guys, as a reminder, check out the new release Monday show every week. This is where I give my reaction to all the new content releasing over the weekend, whether it's in theaters or on streaming platforms. This is my favorite part of the week where I get to kind of deep dive into my own weekend watches. Sometimes I watch five to six movies, sometimes it's one movie, but check that out every week this coming Monday. The show will be covering Halloween Ends, which uh, is the finale to the David Gordon Green and Danny McBride Halloween trilogy that started back in 2018. It'll be dropping this Friday on Peacock as well as theaters. So check that out this weekend and tune in for the show on Monday. Up first, standout scenes. So the first one on the list is chop the chopper ride to the mission. This is a really fun scene that allows the audience to get to know this new Suicide Squad team. We have Savant, who is played by the awesome Michael Rooker, Nathan Fillion as TDK or the detachable kid, as we later find out, Jai Courtney returning as Captain Boomerang, Pete Davidson as Blackguard. Uh, we have Mongo, who is an alien, I think, uh, Weasel, Javelin, Margo returning as Harley Quinn, and the leader, Rick Flagg, played again by Joel Kinnaman. I love their back and forth on the chopper. It was it was an awesome way to set the tone of the film and to, to get introduced to some new characters in the DC universe that we probably heard of but didn't really get to know. Or maybe, the like me, I didn't know half of these guys were DC characters. And it was really cool to uh, for Gunn to make the decision to dive really really deep into the dc lore and pull out people that 
people probably haven't known or probably just heard of by name in, in the issue of a comic books, which is, it was just a really smart choice by Gunn. Next scene is the first mission. This scene surprised the hell out of me when I first saw it, and I absolutely love it. I did not see James Gunn killing everyone off within the first few minutes of the film. That was crazy. Pete Davidson's character turns out to be a traitor, which turns everything upside down. Everyone gets brutally killed on the beach. I laughed so hard when Nathan Fillion sent his arms out to fight the soldiers, but ends up just slapping them before being shot at. The camera moves over to Fillion, and he's screaming on the ground as his arms are being shot. It's, it's fucking hilarious. The only ones to survive are, of course, Harley Quinn and Rick Flagg. Next, we have Meeting Team 2. There were not one, but two twists in the first mission. Turns out there is another Suicide Squad team on the side of the beach. And this is our Suicide Squad that we will be following for the rest of the movie. Team 2 consists of Idris Elba's Bloodsport. We have King Shark, who is voiced by Sylvester Stallone, Ratchcatcher 2, Polka Dot Man, and John Cena as Peacemaker. We get this montage of forming Team 2, and, it, and it's a lot of fun. It, it pretty much sets up uh, Bloodsport as the leader of the team, kind of like we did with Deadshot in the Suicide Squad movie. And Bloodsport is awesome in this film, and I love him. Next, we have the kill-off between Peacemaker and Bloodsport. This is probably my favorite scene of the film. I love this little kill-off between Idris and John Cena. The scene is so much fun with all the different ways that they kill everyone and their facial expressions to each other after every kill. It's it's such an awesome scene. I love it. Next, we have Project Starfish. This is where Amanda Waller introduces the team to Project uh, Starfish, which was the space mission that discovered Starro. This is another great scene that I like because it does a great way of showing the different personalities of each of the members of the team. Also seeing Starro for the first time on screen was awesome as well. Uh, he's a villain that I knew about, but I didn't know a whole lot. So it was really cool to get a villain in here that I could, that I would want to go back and research on. And I did. Star was actually a pretty cool villain. He uses mind control and stuff against the Justice League. And so check him out in, if you want to know more about Starro. Now, the projector joke didn't really hit for me in this scene because that's the thing with James Gunn. He throws a bunch of jokes out there and, and hopes they hit. Most of the jokes hit in this film for me, but the, the quick joke about the projector just was not one of them for me. Next, we have the team building scene. James Gunn knows how to form a team that the audience can care about, and this scene helps him achieve that. I mean, take Guardians of the Galaxy, for example. He, he made two incredible films by forming a team like that. Now, this bar scene in the Suicide Squad is, is 10 times better than the bar scene that we got in the David Ayer Suicide Squad. You can only feel this. Um, this scene only works, I think, because of the James Gunn writing. Not to say that David Yeager is a terrible writer or a director. I just, James Gunn did it better. And this scene shows because it's really, really good. You can really feel this new team becoming closer together. Um, the bar scene in Suicide Squad just felt forced and didn't really work at all. This felt uh, natural. This, just the way it's cut and the way it was written is just, it was, it was awesome. Next, we have Harley's escape. 
this is another fun scene. All the visuals and the choreography are so well done in this scene. Margot Robbie is such a badass as Harley Quinn, and I love it. She is perfect once again in this role. Also, knowing that Margot did the foot and key stunt herself makes this sequence extra special. Next, we have the rain fight. The kill-off between Peacemaker and Bloodsport is my favorite scene, but this rain fight has to it has my favorite shot of the entire film in it, and that's King Shark ripping the guy in half. Gunn's decision to show everything in this was perfect. I absolutely love this shot so much. Adding rain to a scene also just makes it a hundred times more awesome for some reason. It's just it's cool. Next, we have the Starro experiments. This is a really fucked up scene. It, it gets real revealed uh, what exactly is going on in Corto Montes. The thinker, who is uh, kind of the is the villain, other than Starro. He's the one that discovers Starro. He's using Starro to experiment on everybody, men, women, even children. Really fucked up. The squad stumbles onto Thinker's lab, and it's like I said, a fucked up scene to watch there are people with starfishes on their faces and they're cut up cut up and cut open and experimented on it's just really messed up but a really well done scene though it, it's so graphic and i love it because gun did such a great job this is also where we get revealed that the u.s government spearheaded all of this which causes peacemaker to reveal his true mission which is to destroy the evidence for the government then we get Peacemaker versus Flag. This was a brutal fight that unfortunately ends in tragedy. I love the choreography in this. Cena and Kinnaman nailed this scene. Now, I don't like the decision to kill off Flag in this, and I'll talk about that more in the negative segments coming up. But I do love the decision to show Flag's heart being stabbed, like in that Mortal Kombat style. It's it's really cool. It's that game, James Gunn style that I just absolutely love. Then we get Blood Short, uh, Blood Sport, pardon me, shooting Peacemaker. I like this scene for two reasons. One, Cena gets shot, and for a moment, I thought he was dead because I did not like him in this. Of course, if you do stick around for the post-credit scene, it is revealed that he is alive and goes on to get his own series on HBO Max. Now, the second is, uh, I like this scene. I think the scene was very, very well done. It was set up great with Blood Sport falling through each level of the tower. And then shooting Cena with a smaller bullet, which is badass. And then the last scene is Suicide Squad versus Starro. I love this whole final act of the film. Kicking off with Starro bursting out of the tower to the little starfish flying around and grabbing onto the soldiers' faces. To Harley Quinn swimming inside of Starro's eye with the rats chewing on its insides. It's such a crazy fun scene that I absolutely love. DC has a third act problem. But Gunn nails it in this. I hope future projects take note on how to make an awesome third act. I'm really curious to see how Black Adam turns out after watching this one. Next up, favorite quotes. So there are a lot of hilarious uh, quotes from this film. But I tried to pick my top like 10 or 12. So the first one I have is Harley saying, what the fuck? Flag saying, I didn't pick the team. This was during the helicopter scene at the very beginning of the film. Absolutely laughed my ass off during this. Next one I have is Bloodsport saying, we're all going to die. Polkadot Man responds, I hope so. And then Bloodsport responds back, for fuck's sake. This was during the uh, the debrief with, the, with Amanda Waller. Just 
I absolutely die laughing during Bloodsport's uh, response to that. The next one I have is from Ratcatcher2. Why would there be a beach full of dicks? Peacemaker response. I don't know why mad men do what they do. This is probably one of like maybe two or three uh, scenes that made me laugh because of Peacemaker. Uh, the next quote is from Bloodsport and Peacemaker. Bloodsport says, no one likes to show off. Peacemaker responds, unless what they're showing off is dope as fuck. Bloodsport responds, shit, that's true. I, I just love this back and forth. It might be my favorite one of this, of the film. Next one I have is a couple of Harley quotes. Well, I can go back inside and you can still do it. This is when uh, Harley Quinn ends up escaping, but then she stumbles across Rick Flagg and uh, Bloodsport trying to protect her. And they have this little back and forth of how she uh, escaped while they had this really good plan in place to help her. The next one I have is uh, I love the rain. It's like, angels are splooging all over us just a really funny quote uh this one from rick flag is probably one of the more popular ones peacemaker what a joke i like this one because it makes fun of peacemaker and as i said i don't really care for the character uh another blood sport one is uh smaller bullets after he shoots uh peacemaker at the end this one, this quote, I really love. Uh, we got a freaking kaiju up in this shit. This was from uh, the guy on Waller's team. I can never remember his name, but he eventually goes on to, to be in the Peacemaker show as well. I have another Bloodsport quote here. You see who that is? It's your mom. This is where uh, he's yelling at Polka Dot Man to destroy Starro, but to visualize her as his mom. And I love that running gag of we get like, I think it's like five or six scenes throughout the film where Polka Dot Man envisions people as his mom, and it's so good. So hilarious. And the last quote I have is Ratcatcher 1, who is played by Taika Waititi. If rats have purpose, so do we all. I just I think that was a really touching scene to kind of end that end that third act. Um, so yeah, there's a ton of awesome other quotes out there, but these are like my top 10 or 12 that I would have to pick. Uh, but next up. Diamond in the Rough. So for today's Diamond in the Rough segment, these are stuff that I picked, that I chose as diamonds in the universe as a whole. Because I think this movie itself is a diamond in the rough because of this very, very, very messy DC universe we're in right now. But I wanted to point out uh, three huge things that contribute to this film being just awesome uh, within the universe. So the first one... I want to mention is James Gunn as writer and director. The DC universe needed James Gunn's style and talents. He was the perfect director for a Suicide Squad film, just like he was perfect for a Guardians of the Galaxy on the Marvel side. Gunn's weird and fun style fits with what the Suicide Squad is. They're the forgotten characters of the DC universe, and Gunn made them matter. He made audiences care about them, just like he did with the Guardians. Nothing personal against David Ayer, and I know that what we got out of Suicide Squad wasn't his original vision, but I still think Gunn did a much better job with the Suicide Squad characters. Gunn is a much more talented writer and director. If WB would have trusted Ayer and Snyder like they did with Gunn, the universe probably wouldn't be the mess that it is in right now. On the other hand, though, if the universe wasn't a mess, the studio probably wouldn't have uh, reached over the aisle to Marvel and hired Gunn. 
they probably would have just kept Hayer as the Suicide Squad guy while Snyder did his Justice League stuff uh, at the same time. But the past is the past, and I'm really glad that Gunn was able to come over to DC and to give fans and audiences a fun movie that they can rewatch over and over again. The next one I want to mention is Idris Elba as Bloodsport. I think Idris did an awesome job as Bloodsport in this film. He's my favorite character in the film. He's so badass and funny at the right moments. He wasn't overdone like Peacemaker was. I love how he's always pulling out these components and making weapons on the spot. It's so badass and cool. I think Gunn handled the daughter element of the character better, even though I know a lot of people just saw Bloodsport as Deadshot 2.0, which I completely understand. Bloodsport was basically the dead shot of this film. I still really enjoy the character, though. I actually like him way more than Will Smith's Deadshot, and it's mainly because of the writing and Idris acting. Uh, his performance was was a lot more fun than Smith's. I mean, Smith had some really cool moments as Deadshot in Suicide Squad. I just, I just really liked Idris in this in this uh, film. I hope he does return as Bloodsport. Maybe he'll even team up with Will Smith's Deadshot at one point. I think their back and forth would be awesome to see in a in a film. And the last one I mentioned is Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, of course. I probably sound like a broken record, but can you blame me? Margot just kills it as Harley in this universe, and I love it. She is one of the best parts of this very, very messy universe, and the studio needs to lean into her more. She's only been in three projects. She needs to be in way more than that. She deserves another solo adventure and more team-ups. Put her in a Batman movie, WBD. She's your golden ticket. Use her. How awesome would it be to get a Harley and Poison Ivy movie? If I were to rank the three Harley performances, I would actually put this one second under Birds of Prey. Don't get me wrong. I think she was incredible in this film. I just like her a little bit more in Birds of Prey because she is the focal point of the film. She gets way more to do in it. With the team consisting of so many great characters, she is forced to share the screen with, with them, so we didn't get her as much as we could have. Some people may argue that too much of a character will cause them to be overused. I think it's the opposite when it comes to a character like Harley. More is better. Have her pop up everywhere. She could easily become the Deadpool of the DC Universe. Next, let's jump into the negatives. So I actually only have uh, really one negative for the film. Uh, I think overall this film is just incredible. Uh, but the negative I have is Peacemaker and Flag's death. Um, mostly my issue is with John Cena's Peacemaker in this. Like I've said the, throughout the show, I, I don't like John Cena or the Peacemaker character. I really didn't like the decision to kill off Flag instead of him also. Peacemaker's too way, too over the top in this. I, I know that's what Gunn was going for, but it didn't work for me most of the time. The, the kill-off between him and Bloodsport was really fun. The fight with Flag was awesome. I love the choreography in it. And a couple of his jokes hit for me. Like, like it's not a toilet seat. It's a beacon of freedom. Uh, I just don't think John Cena is a good actor. And when Cinematic Reviews covers the Fast and Furious franchise, I'll definitely have some more negatives on John Cena's character. But like I said, that's really the only negative I have with this film. Uh, I enjoy the rest of the team. The action was awesome. Most of the jokes hit for me. Starro was a great villain. The third act stuck the landing. I guess I wasn't a huge fan of Waller in this one. Uh, I like her a lot more in Suicide Squad. I think at times she was way too over the top in this film, kind of like Peacemaker. 
I mean, Viola Davis, Davis still owns this character, and I love seeing her pop up. Um, I read a rumor somewhere that she might be popping up in Black Adam, so that's awesome. I hope she does continue to pop up throughout the DCEU, but yeah, that's really all the negatives I have with, with the film. I, I had an absolute blast with it, and it's probably going to move up in the rankings. Uh, so on that note, let's, let's end the episode with uh, the DCEU rankings. So as a refresher, here is the current ranking list of the DC Extended Universe. Coming in at number one is Zack Snyder's Justice League. Number two, Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice Ultimate Edition. Number three, Man of Steel. Four is Shazam. Five, Wonder Woman. Six, The Suicide Squad. Seven, Birds of Prey. Eight, Aquaman. Nine, Suicide Squad. And rounding out the list at number 10, Wonder Woman 1984. So as you can probably tell, I really love this film. James Gunn and the cast knocked it out of the park. Warner Brothers was smart to hire James Gunn for a project like Suicide Squad. Even though I didn't care for Peacemaker or his spinoff series, I hope Gunn writes and directs more DC projects in the future, though. He's a terrific director who knows how to give audiences an incredible story while also making them laugh. He's a director that really cares about the source material, and WB is lucky to have him as part of this messy universe. Now, the Suicide Squad is currently sitting at number six on the list. The top three are pretty much locked in. I love Snyder's films, and they will always take the top spots for me. I had so much fun with Shazam, and if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and check that out. I had a blast doing that one for you guys. Wonder Woman is right above the Suicide Squad at five, and I think I'm going to flip them. I love the dynamic between Diana and Steve throughout her first solo film, and the action is awesome. But I think Gun's Suicide Squad is a better made film. Plus, I had more of a blast with it than Wonder Woman. That third act just really falls apart for me. And Ares was a pretty uh, poorly written character. Uh, I have completely opposite thoughts on the Suicide Squad. The third act is so much fun. It might even be the best part of the film. And Starro has the villain uh, slash Peacemaker turning out to be the villain also was incredible. I loved all of that. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to flip Wonder Woman and the, the Suicide Squad. So the new top five is Snyder's Justice League at number one, Batman v Superman at number two, Man of Steel at number three, Shazam at number four, and the new number five, The Suicide Squad. I can't wait to rank Black Adam on the next episode. I'm super excited to see it finally, but my expectations are still kind of low because we can all agree that we've been burned a lot by DC and Warner Brothers. Until then, though, you can check this entire list out and many more on both IMDb and Leatherbox. Just search for Cinematic Reviews. There are about 60 or so lists on there, ranging from Star Trek to musicals to even David Fincher films. There is a list for really any fan out there. Also, feel free to share your rankings on any of the Cinematic Reviews' social media pages. I love ranking films, and I would love to compare lists with you guys. Well, that'll do it for this installment of the DCEU season here on Cinematic Reviews. It's finally here. Black Adam will be releasing in theaters next Friday, so check out the reaction show that following Monday. I want to give everyone the chance to see the film before I spoil it, so the episode will be dropping a little later than normal. Also, tune in every week for new release Monday. Cinematic Reviews will be reacting to Halloween Ends for this coming Monday's episode. Should check that out after you have seen the film because like Black Adam, it will be a spoiler-full show. Later, everyone.